Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the end of Christmas as we know it. Uh, the, the foreigners are taking over and Christmas is going to be cancelled. Uh, as We are here to talk about the 1984 classic Gremlins. Uh, the original Gremlins, one of the... What is that a Christmas movies that uh, people never bother bringing? Whenever they talk about Die Hard and Lethal Weapon and... Uh, what what are some of those other ones? Batman Returns has even become a thing. Is this a Christmas movie? On Gremlins doesn't often get mentioned anymore. Yeah, th- th- this is the original, I would say. Uh, the original Is It a Christmas Movie? Christmas movie uh, that came out during the summer. <laughs> 1984, directed by Joe Dante, written by Chris Columbus, the man who founded America, and then went <laughs> on to write Home Alone, the and other Harry Christmas Potter. classic. Wow. And Harry Potter. Uh, and uh, produced by Steven Spielberg, who we just talked about. In, and Kathleen um, Kennedy, by the way, if you paid attention. Didn't and realize, Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall. Yeah, didn't realize all star Kennedy went all the way back that far. There you go. All-star behind the scenes, and then Zach Galligan and Phoebe Cates. Oh, big those stars. Massive stars for the big screen. Judge Reinhold. <laughs> and Judge Reinhold, our fourth Jonathan Judge Reinhold Banks. movie. Round of applause. Jonathan Banks, big cast in this one. Uh, and uh, we will be wrapping up our Christmas month with this one. Uh, my name is Colin, and... <laughs> and my name is Ben, and don't call me that. My name is Gerald. <laughs> so, Gerald, what did, now you've seen this, finally seen Gremlins. What did you think of it? Ew, look, I'm going to say this right now. To me, this is another Ghostbusters. It's fine. It's 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 okay, but I don't get the big deal with it. Like I I like it just I I kind of go into any sort of these eighties movies that I've not seen that have a lot of like love and a cult following. You know, like a Back to the Future or even like Star Wars, Indiana Jones. You know, the, the movies that I'm on board with. Like yeah, absolutely, Back to the Future is amazing. Star Wars is amazing. Indiana Jones is amazing. But I've never gotten the hype over Ghostbusters. It's, it's like I've seen it. I like I watched it once or twice in my life, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, that was Ghostbusters. Cool. I liked it. I didn't dislike it, but. I'm probably never going to go out of my way to watch that again. I feel this is with Gremlins. I'm like, okay, that was Gremlins. It was fine. I can see the appeal to it. It's a bit silly. Um, but at the end of the day, that's it. Um, so, like, again, I didn't dislike it, but it wasn't on that level, which I'm making Colin uncomfortable in his seat, that I loved it. So, sorry, Gremlins well, fans. It, it, here's the thing. I love Gremlins. Um, I actually got I got the this box set for Christmas uh, a couple of years ago from Jamie because she knew that I love Gremlins. I don't even think she'd seen she'd probably seen the second one, but not the first. It's so weird that like uh, the second one I feel has so much more love now, whereas back in the 80s it was the original Gremlins, and even the 90s it was like, well, Gremlins two was okay, and now everybody loves Gremlins two so much more. And uh, having seen this as a kid, 
when it was on TV or whatever, I think I even had, um, I mentioned this when we did uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. I had like one of those books where you would listen to, the, the, they would narrate like on cassette or CD turn or whatever. And it would narrate it. Yeah, turn page. Now there usually be sound effects or whatever. And I had that for Gremlins. I had it for Ghostbusters as well. Um, Indiana Jones and the Temple. 1984 was a big year for those <laughs> that Teddy Ruxpin? Those... Did you put it in fucking creepy Teddy Ruxpin? Oh, that would have been amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I always love Gremlins, but I think that Gremlins 2 is just a movie I love so much more that I just, I never really would go back to the first Gremlins as often. Whenever I do go back to this, I, I have a very similar reaction each time. And I always end up forgetting. It's like, once you get to the second half of the movie, it's enjoyable, but it's like, it's a completely different movie in the first half. I feel like if you had been able to maintain what you had in the first half and maybe just tone down a little bit of the gags in the second half, you would have like a perfect movie. Um, but this one I think is, is a little bit more flawed and we'll talk a bit more about ghost or not ghostbusters to uh, gremlins to throughout this. Cause what they decided to do with gremlins to was even, even Chris Columbus and uh, Joe Dante just said, we want to just make a parody of the first movie. So the second one is like so bonkers. So out there that it like puts this to shame. I, I mean, I'm not seeing gremlins too. Is there a third gremlins? Did I see that there's a third? No, one? they've been working on it for a long time though. Um, I mean, I remember the Ghostbusters films that I actually liked the second one better than the first one. I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not. Um, same Home Alone. I'm a Home Alone 2 fanboy. I mean, obviously New York, but um, I always loved Home Alone 2. Like, if right coming into Christmas, if you tell me watch Home Alone, I'm like, no, I'll watch Home Alone 2. Um, mm. It's kind of like Die Hard 2. I like Die Hard are better than Die Hard. Like, random things that Ben likes the sequels, which I don't know if are popular like, opinions like or not. Die Another Day more than Dr. No. <laughs> I do. I ranked it higher. So I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to d- deny that. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, again, it's, it's, I, this is one of those films where I see why it has got a lot of following. And like, it's also one of these ones that, you, you know, movies get so famous for certain lines, certain things that you, you know enough about them. You know, like even go back to the dreaded Dirty Dancing days. Like, you know, I knew enough about the famous bits in that uh, the yeah, ghost and things like that. Like, I, I knew the whole three rules thing. I, like, I've seen enough clips of this to kind of know what it is and all that kind of stuff. I've got many questions about these three rules, which, I mean, spare another five minutes in this episode because we need to question the crap out of those. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, it's a very 80s movie. It's a very, very mm-hmm. 80s movie. But, it's a very Spielberg movie too. Yeah, and and can we also clarify this was filmed where they filmed Back to the Future because that is um, Hill Valley in that that set because you see in the background the cinemas like that's got to be the same set yeah. as Back to the Future. I I actually love to to watch a documentary and find that out because I was thinking when I was watching this I'm like you know Spielberg really liked like his his back lot town squares. Uh, yeah. This one's just covered Which, in snow or whatever. I mean if you've ever if you ever go to LA and you do the the back lot tours like I've I've done the Universal one, I've done Warner and I've done uh, Paramount and you do like Warner for example, you get off get off the thing and you walk around New York. They've created three mm-hmm. blocks. So when like you watch Friends and you see them outside, that's where they all filmed it and you can see it. And I think I told oh. you that the upside down kiss in Spider-Man was filmed mm. in like I, I stood where they did the upside down kiss like and the masks and when we do the mask in a couple of months you see the apartment like complex all that kind of stuff um so yeah I'm assuming this is the Universal Studios small town square lot because yeah. that is definitely where they filmed Hill Valley. Uh, there's not as much background to get into with this one as something like Back to the Future. Um, I, I'm just saying I mean, Spielberg 
as a producer on this had a lot more input than back back to the future he basically lent his name to it uh that's all it was and uh with this i mean spielberg's all over this despite the fact that he didn't write it chris columbus basically wrote this script uh just trying to get a job and you know yeah, i don't discovering know discovering america didn't lay to much yeah, <laughs> yeah they won't even hire me in my own country They're come taking on away my day. <laughs> But uh, uh, Joe Dante, who directed this, he was actually coming out of like an actual horror background, like the, the movie The Howling, which is was considered, I guess, at the time, one of those revolutionary uh, like uh, monster movies that was made. He he basically did this to have some fun with his own genre. And then you got Spielberg in there and you got Chris Columbus and uh, a lot of things changed. It was originally supposed to be a lot darker. And Spielberg's biggest contribution was saying your character Gizmo here is going to be too much of like basically a merchandising gold mine. Because originally it was going to be Gizmo that turned into the bad gremlin. Like there was going to be no Gizmo throughout the rest of the movie. It was, Gizmo was the leader and he he turned his bad. Uh, and Spielberg convinced him not to, which was brilliant. Because, I mean, they sold a million of these Gizmo dolls back in the 80s or whatever. I can imagine. Um, but uh, getting to the movie here, I do have to ask you, if you like the opening scene, because uh, I know you have a thing for like Phil Noir. It's like, it was a dark and cloudy night as I was roaming around Chinatown, peddling my crap in secondhand stores. <laughs> I... Like it, but I have questions, Colin. Um, I, I like the dad. Oh, you're gonna have questions. I like the, the dad. The dad disappears from the movie. <laughs> but big question: Why is random middle-aged man walking the streets of New York City with random Chinese boy? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this boy to this guy? Why does this guy go to yeah. random cities in America and hang out with small children? Now we question Marty and Doc's relationship in Back to the Future, but you just kind of gloss <laughs> over it. My biggest question in this movie: I've got two big questions the rules, which we'll get to in a moment. And what does the dad do in foreign <laughs> cities with little boys? He's hanging yeah, around well, with a little boy. I thought this was like his son or his son's friend or something like that. But he's in New York right now and he's in Chinatown and he's a little boy. What is he doing? So my only explanation could be is that he's literally going from shop to shop trying to peddle his crap, the the the, the, the buddy, bathroom buddy or whatever, and that this kid who knows his grandfather's stores, and then none of this is in the movie. I think that's one of the, the flaws of this movie that a lot of people don't necessarily look at. Uh, the grandfather's store is obviously failing, and this kid's trying to save it. So he probably sees him saying, my grandfather can use this to actually sell stuff that people want to buy, and maybe brings him in there, which is the same reason why when the, and he offers him the Mogwai, he's willing to give it to him for 200 bucks or meet me in the alley. Now, that's where it gets a little bit A little kid saying, meet me in the alley afterwards, and he's coming, he got like this bulge under his jacket. Uh, so but, does, so uh, does the dad. <laughs> I knew you'd be going there. Uh, but uh, I do have the dad just looking around the store. Oh, this is nice stuff. What you really need is a bathroom buddy. And he pulls out this thing, which is the bulkiest thing ever. I mean, this is the point of the movie's inventions. Like there's no practical way that any of this would work. Um, he finds the, the Mogwai there, which uh, he later calls Gizmo uh, doing its little song. The, the Gizmo song. Uh, and uh, he offers to buy it for a hundred dollars. The old man says, no offers for 200. He says, no, uh, and then after he leaves, a little boy says he'll give it to him for 200 bucks. We meet him in a dark alley. Um, he gives it to him. Uh, he goes through the rules. Uh, and uh, the, 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 all, I, will, I won't have an answer to this, but all I'll say is to give you an idea at how Gremlin, how different Gremlins 2 is and how much fun Gremlins 2 is, these rules of never get them wet, don't let them get into sunlight, it'll kill them, and don't let them eat after midnight. Gremlins 2 has a scene where they're explaining these rules to new people and the, the people are actually laughing and saying, wait a second. So if I get on an airplane 
and I cross a time zone, but I'm feeding it, and it's after 11 o'clock. They literally don't even provide an answer for it, but they make jokes out of this in the second movie. And I mean, that to me is, I know, like, again, I know enough about the rules of this that this isn't exactly Ben Waterworth asked this for the first time. I realize this yeah. is one of the ones that's been asked a million and one times before, but that is my biggest thing with this after midnight <laughs> thing. Because right now, I'm recording this at 9.28 a.m. on a Sunday morning. It is technically after midnight. So, like, if mm-hmm. I'm feeding it at 5.27 p.m., it's after midnight. Like, is there a time frame? Like, is it midnight <laughs> to 6 a.m.? Like, and as yeah. you say, like... Sunrise. What about time zones? What if this Mogwai was from the West Coast? Like, he got this <laughs> He got this Mogwai in New York City. And they're back in... Where are they? Like, Connecticut or whatever part of the country that... Well, Connecticut is the same time zone. But what if this is, like, in fucking Colorado? Like, that's mountain time. So... The East Coast is then, what, three hours ahead of mountain time. So where's the discrepancy there? Where's the rule? Like, is it? Yeah, that's that's my biggest question here. There's even another part where they'll they'll cut back to those same people later in the movie Gremlins 2. And they're like, so let's say a piece of food gets stuck in its teeth. And then at 12.01 a.m., that piece of food dislodges itself. Does it still turn into a gremlin? But this is the thing, too. These gremlins are obviously self-aware and funny. I mean, they're singing Christmas carols and willingly murder people. Why don't they just jump into swimming pools and multiply? And then once they multiply, why don't they just jump into more swimming pools and multiply themselves more that often? Well, there's plenty of plot holes in this. But again, this movie was sort of intended to be like a parody of the monster movie genre. Yeah. Um, which I, goes even further. That's why Gremlins 2 is so crazy. I wish we were talking about Gremlins 2 as well because Gremlins 2 becomes a parody of a parody. <laughs> and I like, I, 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 again, I, this isn't a movie where like I'm legitimately angry about this because again, I realize <laughs> this is something that people have been questioning for years. But um, it is kind of one of these ones where, but like, I, I also get the point of it. Like, I'm guessing this was mainly targeted as a children's film. So they yeah. get there and they're like, I mean, kids, kids are dumb. Kids are going to watch this when they're young and they're just going to straight away go, oh yeah, cool, cool rules, I'll get it. Like, yeah, and whereas, yeah, I never questioned as a kid. Us idiots here, thirty somethings and eighty somethings, however old you are, like you, <laughs> you're sitting here and you're just going like, oh god, this is dumb. Like, I mean, you know, nitpicking to nitpick. Um, so once we actually get into the the town here, uh, I love the billboard for the the radio DJ guy yeah. that you just hear throughout the movie, the Rockin' Ricky Rialto, the Indiana Jones style. A lot of Spielberg things here. Uh, you even see the the movie uh, theater, not the one that they watched Snow White on later on, but there's two movies playing at a, a movie theater, and the the uh, titles are on the little marquee there. One is A Boy's Life, and the other one is Watch the Skies. A Boy's Life was the original title of E.T., which, mm. of course, had come out two years prior to this, and Watch the Skies, I think, was like, it was either the original title of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, or it was like the title of a sequel of Close Encounters that ended up evolving into Poltergeist that Spielberg. So he basically, they throw in, titles of unmade spielberg movies even here uh we get cory feldman in a tree <laughs> his introduction to the world oh, he's dressed talk as about a tree in 2023 was, he wasn't canceled but canceled? no 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 he was he had a lot of bad stuff happen to him so he's kind of been a oh yeah like so what i'm trying to say is be a bit careful around like uh, yeah. <laughs> i don't know what was happening to him on the set of this movie and i feel yeah. bad for him so yeah well i mean uh cory feldman had just done the friday the 13th movies now i i said when we did black christmas what two weeks ago like i i watch slasher movies mostly i make fun of them and like the friday the 13th movies are like the worst kind of slasher movies like some those are some of the worst movies you'll ever see but there the one really good one was the fourth one where instead of just getting a teenage girl who's like the 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 what do they call the 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 last girl or whatever um the final girl uh it's Corey feldman who's a child who ends up being like the hero of that movie and he was supposed to come back for friday the 13th five but basically gremlins came out and uh that was like right after friday the 13th or right before 
And then all of a sudden he got the Goonies and it's like, we're never going to get Corey Feldman again. Like it, it I, I don't think that t- people realize this now, but like in the eighties, this was the biggest child star that anybody oh, had huge. ever seen. Yeah. yeah I'm enormous. Lost uh, Boys, you look at Stand this by me, uh, two movies that yeah. I loved as a kid and you know, he was, yeah. Basically, if you're casting a kid in the 80s, it was Corey Feldman. You can see why. Like, he's even good. in this movie, which is a smaller role, he he seems like an adult. You know, he yeah. has, like, really good comic timing, and uh, he doesn't play it like your typical kid. Like, golly gee. Spe- speaking of adults, uh, this, I mean, how old is the main kid? Because, like, one minute he's, like, uh, uh, you know, getting toy robots for Christmas, and then he's working in a bank. Um, who is he? Like, <laughs> it was did Zach Galligan, did he ever do anything? You know Every time I watch this with Jamie, she asked me the same question. It's like, did this guy do anything else? I'm like, no, I think it was pretty much his grandma's. I, if I look through movie. this. Yeah. And every other thing after this is like, you know, things that sound like B-grade horror movies. Wax Work 2, Lost in Time, Warlock, The Armageddon, Cyborg 3, The Recycler. He was in Seventh Heaven? Oh, of course. He was in Dr. Quinn Medicine <laughs> you know, Woman? <laughs> Love Boat, The Next Wave? Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's unfortunate that he never did because it's a different type of character, but he's really good at playing this character. Like the, 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 the kind of geeky, awkward, you know, older guy. Although I had the same question as you, he's getting robots in his stockings. He's reading comic books. He's like, Oh, look at my neat little pet. And then he's working at a bank and so trying to pick up a girl. He was 19 in this movie, but like, apparently they've done an animated gremlin show this year, uh, called gremlin oh. secrets, secrets of the Mogwai. Uh, so he was in it oh, as a recurring cast. Now, did he play himself the same character? No, he was henchman number two. So they've got the <laughs> main. Wong is in it. They've got the main star of Gremlins. Like, imagine if they did a Back to the Future animated show today, and they're like, "Hey, Michael J. Fox, we want you to be in better." Oh, great! I'm so glad to be playing Marty again. No, you're playing henchman number two. Fuck you, oh, Ming. Yeah. Ming Na's in it. Yeah, this has got a, a very big cast. Uh, this basically throw him a bone. It's unfortunate though, because I think that he's good at this. Like, is he? You know, the, is he the type of actor that you could see becoming like the next Harrison Ford? No, but like this is maybe a little bit of ahead of his time. But, you know, like this type of character would become very big. He's he's somebody who would fit in really good in a Jurassic Park movie. I feel like, you know, you, you buy him as like a scientist. But I don't know, as like, picking up girls and stuff is not really his thing. But I, I always liked him in these movies. I mean, it's Phoebe Cates. Um, I mean, come on, even freaking. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, and, and talking Bros- about her. Pierce Brosnan would struggle to pick up Phoebe Cates. I mean, that, that woman. Come on. Yeah, because th- this is coming off of Fast Times Ridgemont High, which I know I'd seen uh, maybe once or twice in my life, which Judge Reinhold was also in that. Uh, and that was like the movie, Colin. You just he, know, was. he was a stormtrooper in Star Wars. <laughs> he, he was the skull in Indiana Jones. You just didn't realize it. But like Phoebe Cates had done Fast Times Ridgemont High, which was obviously like not a popular movie, but like she, I think she did like a nude scene in that movie too. So yeah, she was like, this was like landing like the big sex symbol That's, of the time in 1984. That, I mean, look, again, you obviously don't get sex, Colin. It's fine. But like that was um, <laughs> like the, one of the, they, you, you know how you often see those like most um, pause movie moments and things yeah. like that. I think literally the most two in movie history are the Sharon Stone leg bitten basic instinct and Phoebe Cates removes her bikini top in Fast Times. Like that was the scene Hmm. that to this day, you think Phoebe Cates, you think of that scene. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The introduction of the movie here is just introducing all these different characters. Married to Kevin Klein, by the way. There's a couple right there. That's a beautiful couple. Still is. Wow. Wow. How long? 30 years? uh, Two years after I was born, 1989. God, they've Ooh. been. That's good for them. Good at you, <laughs> Kevin Klein. Hang on a minute. That's a man right there. You've kept yeah. Phoebe Cates for thirty years. 
not saying that Phoebe Cates isn't a loyal woman. I'm saying more so like, good for you. You probably had some competition. Yeah. Fucking hell, Kevin Klein. What a man. Um, yeah, so we get introduced to the neighbor here as he's trying to start his car. Now I love that this, I live in Winnipeg. I mean, you 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 clear your windows, you scrape it, everything. This entire car is yeah. an ice block for the entire movie. He never attempts to script it. And then he wonders, why isn't it starting? I don't get it. And the neighbor's like, oh, it's all foreign cars. Which here's, ah. a, here's a make America great guy. Racist <laughs> guy. She, he's uh, the, the, the two leads. So Zach Gallagher and Phoebe Cates come back for the second movie. And then the other two actors who come back for the second one are this guy, Mr. Futterman, and his wife. Doesn't they get like die? a big role in the second movie. Uh, no, he doesn't die in this movie. It, the only one they actually identify as having died is like Mrs. Deagle, who's like the, the rich millionaire woman in the town. But the, the bitch woman who we hate or the one who gets killed in the chair. That's Mrs. Deagle, yeah. Is She's the, the only one woman? they identify as dying. No, no, different woman, completely but, different woman. But the grumpy woman who wants to kill the dog, who's she? Because you don't see That's Mrs. Her. Deagle. She's the one who dies. In the chair, who gets thrown up the in stairs. In the chair. So that's the yeah. same woman. That's what I'm asking. So like the, the bitch woman who wants the dog dead is the one who dies in the chair. Yes, but then the the guy, Make America Great guy, uh, these foreigners, they ruin everything. His wife and him come back in the second but movie with like a much bigger by role. the thing. And well, they live through it. <laughs> that I swear that Mrs. Deagle woman is a different woman in that chair. And oh, okay, Ben doesn't know movies well, again. <laughs> also, why do they? You don't know what's in why notes did, written then last week. The two things that I, two tropes in movies, which I hate, and I, I want to talk about diversity quickly. Like, you know, we're all like, let's correct the mistakes of the past. Like, let's give better roles to a diverse range of actors. And like, I'm all for that. Why still in 2023 are journalists and cat lovers always still evil? I'm sick of this. Like every movie you get, journalists, scum. If you're a journalist, you're evil. If you like cats, you're evil. You get thrown wow. out of a window. Bullshit. I am calling I'm, discrimination. I'm not going to say I dislike cats. I have no problem with cats. I'm more of a dog person than a cat person. But I will say the dog in this movie deserves to be put to sleep. Does it deserve it? Okay, that's that's up for debate. But in reality, would this happen? Because first of all, he's taking his dog to work for what reason? Yeah, it, you, Your dog, just leave it at home. This is the he 80s. takes his dog to work. He's working at a bank. He hides underneath the counter. And then the lady who basically, I guess she's supposed to own the bank. She owns the town. This is obviously a play on like It's a Wonderful Life with like Mr. Potter who owns the entire town. Harry. Because um, they even watch Mr. Wonderful Life in this movie. But uh, um, when when she's complaining about the dog saying, oh, your dog or whatever, he's ruining all this. The dog lunges over the counter and attacks a poor defenseless old woman yeah. who also happens to own the bank. Whatever happens to this dog, is he, they, he had it coming. <laughs> but this is what annoys me. Like every movie, we've talked about this before. Dogs and children, plot armor. They're, they're, they're protected. Yeah. And you know, we've always got to care for a child or a dog. Like it's just, it doesn't matter. I, I like dogs. Again, I don't buy into you have to be a dog or a cat person. I like both as well. I love dogs, but I'm much more of a cat person. But you tell me one movie when anybody's gone, oh no, don't kill the cat. <laughs> We literally watched Donald uh, Sutherland a couple of weeks ago headbutt a cat and murder the fucking thing. <laughs> the movie Cats and Dogs. Sean Hayes <laughs> is evil as a cat. Like All of the worst movies are cats. Judy Dench, cats. Cat in the hat. Like, <laughs> yeah. when are we going to have justice for cats? I'm sick of this <laughs> bullshit. And journalists, all right? Like, unless it's what? Like a movie where journalists are stopping, like, raping the Vatican church. Like, oh, they're doing good. Like, Superman, I guess. Sure, good journalist. (laughs) Well, I don't know if he's a good journalist. He's Superman. Does he need to be a good journalist? Probably not. (laughs) But the point is, I'm sick of this discrimination against cat-loving journalists. 
I want this. This to is stop. starting to feel like a personal attack. It is a personal attack. I mean, and and Ben also gets criticized when somebody else on a podcast says something racist. Doesn't even have to be him. And, and Ben takes the blame. Madonna fans. I just watched Court <laughs> and Sean Penn was making jokes against his ex-wife. It's like, I can take shit because I was married to Madonna. All right? I'm tired of this discrimination. <laughs> Ran uh, over. Now that, Ben's, now that Ben's got that over, we get introduced to Four the star of the movie. Four minutes of an hour episode wasted because Ben got angry. <laughs> But it's okay to smile now because we got Judge Reinhold. Hey! <laughs> Which I, I really am disappointed they don't do more with him in this. What um, happens and to again, him? Where I does think, he go? <laughs> what happens to everybody in this movie? Like Judge Reinhold, the way he he's set up like he's the bully, right? Yeah. I, I love I love this as one line. He's basically playing Scott Calvin yeah. and Zach Galligan is playing Neil right now. Because, well, if it isn't Captain Clipper, <laughs> who almost uh, got sent to the unemployment line today. Uh, and he's like, haha, very funny. And I love when he's trying to pick up Phoebe Cates here. He goes, hey, you haven't seen my new apartment. She goes, I didn't see the old apartment either. <laughs> I love that. That's a good line. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, this is where I would think that he's supposed to be like, these characters are supposed to be older because he's talking about how he graduated and now he's a, I love he's a junior vice president too. This bank has one manager, two tellers, and the, the lady who owns the bank owns the entire town. Junior vice president. This is like that Simpsons episode where Homer starts his own company. Yeah. Like, I think I'll make myself president. No, wait, junior <laughs> vice president, <laughs> his own company. Um. Yeah, so when we get back to the house, uh, we get to uh, introduce all the gadgets the dad makes here. That the, the mom's telling him to uh, uh, start on the eggs for whatever she's making. She's chopping lettuce and asks him to cut the eggs. I so love get the, the eggs mom. ready. The mom's fantastic. The mom has the best scene in the movie she's too. She's in lots of things. She's uh, like quintessential eighties mom, right? You know how like what's his face, um, the principal in Back to the Future is like that same character in every eighties movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that like I swear she's like quintessential eighties mom. I swear she's like played that role in other movies. Uh, we'll have to find her here. Oh, I, she definitely looks very familiar. Uh, Frances Lee McCain. Uh, so looking, she was in Footloose. So I guess she was the mom in Footloose the same year. Oh, Kevin uh, Back to the mom. Future. She she played uh, Lorraine's mom in Back to the Future. I'm telling you, quintessential lady's mom. Stand by me. <laughs> you were right. Mrs. What did I tell you? I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Um. Wow, that's crazy. She even plays uh, uh, what, what's uh, David Arquette's mom in Scream. No. Oh. Um. Wow. You 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 really nailed that one, Ben. She also played Caroline Beck in The Rape of Richard Beck. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm that, sure she was the mom of Richard that, Beck in that, that movie. Took a turn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, the the mom is great here. But I mean, the, the egg thing that doesn't work. Um. The dad comes home and uh, he, he gives him the new pet. And he goes, oh, it's a puppy. I can tell it's a puppy. Uh, and this is where it's like he has like a grown man who's like a child. He's like, oh, look at my new pet. Uh, and then when he opens it up, it, you, you see Gizmo, uh, like full view of Gizmo for the first time. Some of the effects for Gizmo really hold up and some of them don't. <laughs> Sometimes Gizmo is just like an animatronic thing that's eyes are going left, right, left, right. Other times it looks fantastic. I think that they, they sank so much of the budget into the gremlins in this. Um, so he, he explains about how the lights will kill him. Cause that's even when the light comes on, you get Gizmo going light, bright, light, bright. And as a kid, I always like that. He says, instead of bright light, he goes light, bright, light, bright. Um, so he goes through all the rules with them. Um, the, uh, uh, when, when he takes him upstairs, he, uh, has the bandage, has to bandage his head up because he has the reflection that uh, gets him again. So he, he still can't get the rules right. 
Uh, you get Corey Feldman the next morning coming and dropping off their tree, dressed as a tree. Uh, Gizmo's watching a car racing movie, a black and white movie, which is uh, going to come up later on. Um, they uh, Corey Feldman basically ruins the town and kills a bunch of people because he spills water. <laughs> Stupid kid. And because he can't uh, check a clock. <laughs> exactly. But uh, so we see this thing start to multiply. They, they sort of pop out uh, all the extra mogwai here. Um, and uh, when when he tries to show this to the dad the next day, this is one of the other like subtle moments that makes me laugh where you see Gizmo playing and, and Billy's trying to explain why the other ones are different. They're like they're a lot more aggressive. Gizmo's in there tooting this horn, <laughs> all happy. And then the other, the other uh, Mogwai or whatever, throw up all over <laughs> just to shut him up. <laughs> um, the dad has the idea that he could basically sell these as the new family pet. Good idea, which, I, I, it would be a good idea if, if nobody knew, get it wet because everybody else, oh, hey, here's my burger. Time. Yes. She's Do wearing an apron too. Oh, no, I don't have baby wipes. Okay, Jamie. I'm going to need baby wipes for this burger. Happy, happy 11 years right. on Facebook, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I'm going to need a baby wipe. This I won't eat the toothpick. Thank What's you. What's on the burger? It looks amazing. <laughs> Oh, it's got mushrooms, grilled yeah. onions, matzo. It's a matzo burger. Ooh. Bacon. Oh. Bacon matzo. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm going to make a mess of myself when uh, when you start I, talking here. I'm making a mess just of myself just thinking about that burger right now. <laughs> I'm still like three weeks away until I can eat normal food for a couple of weeks. So I'm good. <laughs> Let me go through this. So, uh, uh, Hurry Billy, up. I want uh, you to eat your burger, some... please. <laughs> oh, eat it right in front of you, just drooling. Uh, Billy finds his dog hung up by the Christmas lights. Uh, he decides to take the extra mogwai to the science teacher. Um, the, uh, uh, the the science teacher decides he's going to do some, keep one of them to keep doing experiments on it. We have uh, the, the drunken neighbor, <laughs> this snowplow complaining about uh, everything that's foreign. Uh, it almost looks like he's trying to pick up um, Kate or whatever here too. Uh, which uh, th now this scene where they're walking over, I'm going to have to ask you about this scene. Uh, um, I'm going to go a little bit further, but uh I'm going to ask you about the scene in a minute, so don't let me forget about it. I but, will try um, my best. She explains about why she hates Christmas. She goes, oh, everybody loves Christmas. Christmas is so much fun. Uh, you get presents and candy and, and uh, everything. Santa Claus comes. Um, and murders oh, you to Brian Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if we talked about this last week. Did did, did we mention the part where the uh, the brother-in-law or the, sorry, the, uh, yeah, brother-in-law last week, the, the, the sister's boyfriend, when uh, he says Santa's not real, the, the grown man goes, really? Yeah. Like he's surprised <laughs> Oh, that guy. Billy is that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she even has a line to say, you say you don't like Washington's birthday or Thanksgiving. <laughs> and nobody... She kind of has a point yeah. there because like, she in the opposite, but I would say in the opposite direction too, because people always say, oh, I hate Christmas. It's like, okay, so like, do you hate New Year's? Mm. Like, <laughs> what else do you have the right to hate because you don't like a holiday? Uh, but uh, but that that's an important scene we're gonna have to talk about because that was like a big point of contention uh, creatively, and then even after the movies come out, uh, we have uh, the science teacher who looks like he's injecting a mogwai with heroin, which is probably what happens later on. Says he's taking a blood test, um, and then uh, the the gremlins are all watching this movie with pod people, which is like I think that's the the original like uh, invasion of the body snatchers or whatever. Um, and, uh, they're, they're all begging for food. This is like children. <laughs> oh, I want food. I want a snack. Uh, he, uh, Billy has a great line here. It says, how about shutting up for a change? <laughs> Which is like the only time he gets aggressive in this movie. Uh, and then, um, you, there, there's very clever filmmaking here, which I, I obviously didn't catch when I was a kid, saw this the first time, but 
Billy's looking at the clock and it's like 1135 and he's like, well, it's not midnight yet. So he goes and gets a plate of chicken, which they all devour. And then it cuts to immediately cuts to the science room where the, the science teacher is finishing up his meal and you see 230 behind him on the clock. Mm. So even before it's really revealed to the audience, ooh, there's a problem with the clock that. here. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a little visual cue there. Uh, the, the, the other Mogwai he has is going to beg for the food. Wake up the next morning and there's cocoons everywhere. Um, those look pretty disgusting too. Uh, now they say this is Christmas Eve and then he shows up at the school and Roy Feldman's in school classes that day. And the bank is open. On, I mean, I mean, I know Christmas Eve isn't technically a public holiday, but usually a lot of places will close at midday. I was going to ask you this because like, I think I questioned you this back in the Santa Claus because I always thought, mm. I literally always thought that they went to school on Boxing Day. Like that's always what I thought the time frame was in that movie and you cleared that up. But like, this is what yeah. I was going to ask you in this. Like, is this a thing? Like, even in Australia where, you know, our that's our summer holidays is generally Christmas. But I remember back when our school would break like a week before Christmas. So even if Christmas mm. was on a, a Monday or a Tuesday, we would break the Wednesday or the Thursday the following week. Like we would never be in school on Christmas Eve. So like yeah. why are these kids at school on Christmas Eve? Because even when they leave, they're like, oh, have a happy Christmas, everyone, on Christmas Eve? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like last day of school before Christmas. It's usually, well, kids, why don't you – Dude, go read a book or go play in the gym. Mm, do something yeah. fun. The, these kids are sitting there watching like a, a very dry reel-to-reel -reel film heart. on like rabbit heart biology and stuff, which I love that they play that in the background as the gremlin first gets revealed here. But yet looking at this year, I mean, the last Friday before Christmas is the 22nd. They may have the kids working up to that, but it's basically like the last Friday before Christmas. Then you're on break after that, but not here. <laughs> here the kids, they work them to the bone. Um, I'll, I'll just do like the first transformation scenes here, which is like probably the best parts of the movie. And this is where you could really see Joe Dante making a horror movie, even though he's making a comedy here. Cause these sequences where the gremlins are first revealed, there's not a lot of laughs in them. Like it is quite disturbing, uh, especially with like the science teacher, the science teacher is trying to get like a, it to eat a, a chocolate bar or whatever. I love that he's trying to feed it to it. There's already a bite out of it. It's like, I'm going to lure this thing out. And he's like, oh, but it's just so chocolatey and creamy. <laughs> bite first. Um, so uh, he's trying to lure it out. Uh, you don't even see the gremlin at this point. You just see uh, something under the desk and he puts his hand in there and he's like, there you go. And then all of a sudden he's screaming. The thing runs into the uh, the, the air ducts. Um, and then uh, back at the house, the mom's sneaking around. And this is also like, this would fit right in um, uh, what Black Christmas or whatever, like the creepy sneak around the house. She's got like a knife in her hand. She's like creeping up the stairs. She sees the cuckoo guns all hatched. She comes down and then you get that one great shot of like the full shot of the gremlin. Because when you the science teacher scene is happening, there's just one moment where the cupboard opens and you see it for like a brief minute. But then here you just see this thing like eating the gingerbread cookies or whatever. And then the mom goes crazy. Like this is like David Harbour in Violent Night. Yeah. She throws one of it into a blender, throws the other one into a microwave. She's stabbing the other she's one. She's great. This is why she's, all, she's like the first one that kills, starts killing them. Like it's great. Yeah, exactly. She probably kills more hand-to-hand -hand than anybody else in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll cap it there. That's the, the the first sequence. The last part where it's actually a horror movie becomes like full comedy. Um, Just a couple of things and I'll try to take my time in it as much as we can in and out because I really want you to eat this burger. Um... Yeah, like uh, sort of the beginning is like it's it is a movie where it does change tone because like some of this sort of setup at the beginning it's very eighties I sort of like it and like even though I'm bagging out why this old guy's hanging out with a kid like I still kind of like the way he's just all the mystery and you know uh, kind of him going around this store and I'm thinking this guy's going to be a villain but you know he's kind of he's a nice dad he's just not there um, but like yeah you got racist neighbor foreign cars foreign TV if you hate foreign stuff so much why do you own a foreign TV that's my biggest question. 
Um, oh, because it was cheaper, maybe, but whatever. Um, so there's that. I mean, the I I do kind of like how they go very much out of their way to make people evil. Like it's sort of like. You know how often we defend the villains, but like, I mean, how do we defend this old lady? She's horrible. She's telling Jessica and her daughter, oh, too bad. But in the same way, is she really evil? Pay your bills. I'm sorry if you're poor, but like, I mean, pay, I don't know how it works. Um, I don't want to sit here and say like, don't be poor. That's wrong. But like, you know, like you've been warned. Like if they gave a pass to everybody who couldn't pay their bills on time, then, you know, maybe don't say to them to a face, we're in it to make money. That's a bit mean. But my question is, why are they not paying the bills this one month? How much did you spend on your kids for Christmas that you couldn't have just maybe just pinch pennies a little bit more so you could pay your bills as well? They don't they don't let you take bills off in December. I'm a budgeter. I've always been a budgeter. So like when I get paid, I know exactly what I've got to pay for bills. I don't understand people who like get a paycheck and like, oh, fuck, I've got to pay my Internet. Oh, fuck, I've got to pay my (laughs) rent. Like, how do you not understand that? I've spent my paycheck already. Like. I just, I, 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 and I'm sorry if you're one of those people, maybe you can explain it to me, but I've always been a planner. I've always been a budgeter. I know what I get every month. I know what portion of that has to pay what bills and I know what I have left over. So I only spend what I have outside of paying bills. That's priority. I, I, uh, I, I'm very meticulous with money. Um, when I was a teenager, my brother's sister and even my mom called me the bank of Colin because I, I would have like, I don't know, $50 a month and they'd be boring money off me at the end of the month somehow. But, uh, two two things came up this week one where at my work they basically have like this reward system like if somebody helps you out on the job or whatever you give them like a recognition which is point based and when you have a certain amount of points you can cash it and redeem it for you know whatever you want like gift cards or whatever i use like all the points i had banked for the entire year to basically get gift cards and uh jamie is saying well you earn those that's for your hard work so you should buy something for yourself i'm like right but like we're going to be spending money on the kids Christmas anyways. So if I spend this money on their Christmas presents, I'm not spending my own money and we come on ahead. We also got like these, these coupons that they, they give away at the, the school or whatever, which is like redeem this for cash at the farmer's market. So we got like $200 worth of this. And then today, Jamie is like, I just got a $120 Turkey from the farmer's market. I'm like, are you nuts? I'm like, we could have, that could have been eggs and bread and and vegetables for a month, but it said we got a hundred twenty dollar turkey. Now I'm sure that hundred twenty dollar turkey Better is gonna be, be good. It's gonna be the greatest turkey ever eaten. But at the same time, like, but if we could have gotten a forty dollar turkey and then had an extra, you know, eighty dollars to spend on the regular things, which we're not spending our own money. Well, that's a similar thing here. Like in my apartment complex, they're doing the the train stations basically right next to me, and they've been fixing it all up and everything like that. And they basically um, have been doing work all weekend and they've been working sort of like after midnight. So you get a little letter in your letterbox saying like, hey, we're going to be doing like work this weekend. It's going to be quite loud and it might disturb you. So as reparation, we're going to, um, you know, if you want, we can put you up in a hotel for a couple of nights. Um, for, you know, we'll, we'll put you up and then we'll also give you like a $50 voucher. Um, or if you don't, you can just take a $125 voucher. Now, I live in a part of the complex where if I just close my doors and windows, I can't hear it. So it doesn't bother me at all. And I usually sleep through anything anyway, so it doesn't bother me at all. So I'm just like, fuck yeah. So I just like cashed it in the other day and I get a hundred, I get to, you get some voucher. So you just choose like a variety of stores and you can split it up. So you can use like $50 at a supermarket, $50 on Uber Eats, whatever. So I just like cashed it in for $120 worth for one of our supermarkets here. And I'm like, well, that's half my grocery budget for next month. So then I get $120 in my pocket anyway. So thanks, construction that doesn't bother me. Yeah. 
that, what we're saying is that mother and child, they deserve to have exactly. their house be possessed or whatever in Christmas. Check your mail. Uh, <laughs> Pay uh, your bills. I love, I love, you talk about like this dog deserving to die. Um, I do fucking love this woman when she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get it and I'm going to, do this. I'm going to put it in the microwave or whatever. And I love old man in fedora. Yeah, that should do it. Like a creepy old man next to it, like wanting to kill the dog. Um, so good. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of like this. Setup. I mean, I have questions about like, oh, you can open this present now because uh, why not? Because it's in this box. Well, you've wrapped this mogwai in a box and driven from New York and it's been wrapped in a box this whole time. And now you're concerned about it. Um you see Gizmo, the cute little Gizmo. I mean, I can see the appeal. If I was a kid in 1984, I would have wanted Gizmo. Um, I do kind of like it when they start multiplying. And, uh, like, I like that little thing in the box when, like, you see them all going like, me, 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 like when they obviously want the food. Um, Got to say, uh, if you remember Canadian Bacon very well, one of my favorite movies, made my top 50 movies of all time, there is a scene in that where they're camping and the African-American uh, character in that, they're talking about movies, and he's talking about how it is a trope that all movies, the black character always dies first. Um, so he's like, they're talking about like, oh, I'm obviously going to die because, you know, whatever. Who's the first to die in this movie, Colin? The black teacher. Um, so racist trope in full view in this movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a thing. Uh, so Canadian bacon, we need to do that. Um, next year would be the 30th. We're already doing a lot of anniversary movies, so we're not going to be able to fit it in, sadly. Um, I don't get this like love like plot line between Phoebe Cates and the main guy because like it's sort of implied, but then it's not. And then, yeah, I mean, you said to bring back about the scene about you said don't forget about the scene. So I don't know if you want to bring that back now. But um, do, do you want do you, like what is your feeling on the scene where she says she hates Christmas or or the later yeah, bit like where the she entire scene. I, I mean, well, I, I guess, the, well, yeah, let's do both of them. Really. I, I don't get why she tells this story because what bearing does it have for the plot? She's just like, hey, my dad died a horrible death, so I hate Christmas. And he's like, okay, let's go kill some gremlins. <laughs> uh, like, what is the point of it? Yeah, so um, Steven Spielberg wanted them to cut this uh, because he felt like it's out of place in this movie. This yeah. isn't fun. It's a little bit dark. And uh, you find a lot of people to this day who agree with that, who are like, oh, that, that scene just doesn't belong. Like, it... it it's too dark of a plot or whatever. You also find a lot of people who absolutely love it. And it's like, this is what's great about gremlins is that you have serious mixed with, you know, funny, you have absurd mixed with like pretty gritty, which I can see that argument because like the, the scene with the mom in the kitchen, that is a horror movie. And then the scenes, you know, in the bar or whatever is very different. Uh, but this scene, even in gremlins two, they basically parody this scene by having her again in the most absurd thing ever, where they're talking about Lincoln's birthday. Just don't talk to me about Lincoln's birthday. I had the worst experience ever on Lincoln's birthday. And she starts telling this story to which people just cut her off on. So even by the time of Gremlins 2, like this was such a joke that Gremlins 2 is like, we're going to completely parody that speech that a lot of people just didn't get in the first one. Yeah, I, I just, yeah that, that'd be funny. I, maybe I need to see Gremlins 2. I, yeah, I did, didn't understand what the purpose of it was. Also, we question um, the kids being at school on Christmas Eve. Why is our teacher at 20 past two on what is now Christmas Day... Uh, does he not have a wife and kids or or maybe a husband and kids? I don't know. Don't discriminate. He could be gay. Yeah. Like, wh where's his family? Why is he not with them on Christmas? I, I would assume because he, this is basically like the scientific discovery of, you know, the decade. And he's like a science teacher for 
uh, an elementary school is about to make it. That that was just what my thought was watching it. And I'm guessing this is the point of it sort of being a parody is because does anybody question what this is? They're just kind of like, oh, it's a Mogwai. Okay. Like right now, if I bring home a Mogwai to you and, and Gremlins didn't exist in our universe, you're just going to be like, oh, cool. Like we live in post 9-11 the world. Like, I mean, this could be a terrorist. I mean, an alien. Yeah, my- like, I don't know. Yeah. If I'm Billy, I'm asking the dad, I'm like, is this legal? Like, yeah. <laughs> did this pass through customs? <laughs> Quarantine? Like, I mean, is it going to give me corona? Like, I mean, who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the kitchen scene is epic. Like, I love the the kitchen stuff. And this is why I love the mum. She's fantastic. Um, you know, blending her up and stabbing and then just everything else. Again, I do question why the fuck there is a goddamn, like, little robot in Billy's stocking or whatever his name is. Like, I mean, this guy's, like... 22, 23. It's got to be the same age as Judge Reinhold because he says, like, I'm 23 and junior vice president. This is the thing with this movie. We talked a lot about last week in Violent Night how it's kind of... It's one of these movies where you straight away can go, like, well, he's evil. He's going to die. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And you 99% of the time, you're correct. As soon as I see this, I'm like, well, Judge Reinhold's going to die. Like, he's going to die. He's going to die. Like, he's going to get his face off by a gremlin, all this kind of stuff. It never happens. Um, so, yeah, you never see him again. Yeah. So, um, anyway... Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. Sorry to take away from your burger eating because it does look amazing. <laughs> is it good? Oh, it was amazing. Fries? I hope there's another one waiting for me upstairs. Is there fries? Raw? What? Fries. Do you get fries? Oh, there's no fries. Salad. Oh. Boo! Who has salad <laughs> with a burger? Jamie! You don't win friends with salad. <laughs> exactly. Although, keto, you kind of don't have fries. <laughs> you have to. Um, okay, so uh, basically throughout all this fight where the mom killing all of the remaining gremlins... We have Stripe, who's the bad one, because they identify him even as a Mogwai, the one with the Stripe, and they call him that later on. He gets out. Billy follows him. Uh, you see the tracks in the snow. Now, this is one of the plot holes, which when we get to our, our one-star review at the end, of like, this person definitely picked up on it. They're clearly taking this movie too seriously. The snow is water. Like, this, it is wet right here. Uh, if it's not wet when it's outside in the snow, uh, right now, if I went outside, I think we're just above zero right now, so it's probably a little bit colder in this movie, but even when it wasn't, if I were to walk outside barefoot, just the heat from my foot on the snow, it's going to get a little bit damp, regardless mm. of how cold it is. Unless it just freezes directly to it, which it doesn't at this movie. Um, but that that's a plot hole that obviously doesn't need to be addressed. Um, he follows the tracks to the YMCA. Uh, you see it go into a pool. Jamie's wondering how the burger was. It was excellent. Thank you. Then what are you wondering on the air when we're having an hour time? Let it. We'll see when I get upstairs. <laughs> see, she's asking if I'm going to have seconds. Oh. Ben wants to know if there's why there isn't fries. <laughs> that was very ben aggressive. Ben wants to know why there's Not no fries. Not that aggressively, I didn't. Yeah. He's like, who who doesn't have fries with a burger? He was angry about it. Wow. Trying to be healthy. Trying to be healthy. <laughs> she said she's trying to be I wasn't that aggressive. I just said, boo. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him a piece of my mind, Jamie. <laughs> you hear that, Ben? <laughs> wow. Anyways. <laughs> Um, so he follows him into the pool. Uh, and this is also like one of these scenes. I, I feel like it's really, really well directed. And it's, it kind of still gives me the chills because you know what's going to happen when it gets wet. And you just see it jump into the pool. Just the way that like uh, Spike like sinks down into the bottom of the pool and then it all starts glowing and mm. goes green and bubbling and all that. It's really effective. Um, Billy goes to the police. And here's where we get introduced to Mike Aram Trout. Hey. Breaking Bad. Uh, which do you recognize him? Like, I, I, it's a Beverly Hills copies in as well, right? With Judge Reinhold. Ah, oh, it's a long time since I've seen Beverly Hills. I mean, if you hadn't appointed, I reckon I would have recognized him because, like, I have seen, like, I, I know on last week tonight, 
um, John Oliver has kind of pointed out randomly like that's and yes, that is Mike from uh, Breaking Bad. Like yeah. he he's kind of like you know how some people just have always had like old face. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even when they're young, he's always like yeah. had. The, I mean, I guess that's the way of saying they haven't really aged. They just looked older when they were younger. But like he's just got hair in this. So I would have straight away. I would have been like, hey, it's it's Jonathan Banks. Yeah, I, the, the the cops are kind of funny. I mean, again, they just sort of disappear from this movie. Uh, yeah, so Beverly Hills Cop, he was in the same year as well as he had a big year because he was in Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, yeah, Gremlins, yeah, and Beverly Hills Cop. And he had just come off of 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy. Uh, so he actually had quite a bit of uh, big movies here during this time period and then next to nothing until uh, Breaking Bad comes out. But uh, um, yeah, the, the, these cops are really fun. They're just obviously not believing him the entire time. Uh, and uh, uh, the 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 old man who's still complaining about his TV, and he goes out to check the antenna. We got gremlins everywhere. The plow gets taken over. It drives into the house. Um, you have uh, this whole montage. Of the, this basically comes the second half of the movie. Just cut to a shot of gremlins doing something really crazy. The one who's playing with the traffic lights, uh, and then you have Mrs. Deagle or whatever, who uh, is the the um, mean old lady who's got her little chairlift out. Now, as a kid. I thought this looks like the most fun thing ever. Like, not to fly out of the house and die, uh, but uh, just this little chairlift that goes up and down. I remember there's also like, uh, they'd advertise these on TV. You know, oh, if you're having trouble getting up and out of the shower or yeah. up and down the stairs. Yeah. Uh, and it always made me think about Gremlins too. Um, on the note, there's actually, uh, they never made like a proper Gremlins video game, but do you remember like the Lego Dimensions thing they had like years ago? No. Nah. It, it was basically like, um, uh, a video game that had all these expandable worlds, but it came with like a little base and you would buy Lego figures that would have like vehicles and stuff like that. And when you got these Lego figures, you would unlock a new level. So, I mean, I still have it all here. And there was like an A-Team one, Knight Rider, E.T. And every time you would go out and spend $10 to buy like the Gremlins figure that would have like a, a gizmo and then an actual Gremlin uh, and a vehicle, you'd put this on the pad that's connected to your Xbox or PlayStation or whatever and then all of a sudden the dimension would open up and you could go to the gremlins world. So you could actually roam around this house with like the chairlift and everything. And when you go into like the mom's kitchen, you see like the blender and all that. I just, so that was really cool. I just finished when Noah was here. We, we played a lot of the star Wars Skywalker saga. Oh, yeah. Lego. We got all the way through to like halfway through rise of Skywalker. I just finished it off last night. Gotta say video game, video games these days. It's like <laughs> you literally, uh, your hand is held for 98% of this game. Like you are just literally, yeah. It's nothing inventive. You got to, it's so easy. And um, Noah and I, we started the Phantom Menace and we got to freaking um, Gungan City and it's literally like, follow Jar Jar. I'm like, okay, so we're walking around. Jar Jar's walking fucking slow as shit. Then Jar Jar gets stuck behind another Gungan who's just standing there. So we're like, okay. And like Jar Jar wouldn't move. We couldn't push the Gungan out of the way. <laughs> and we're there for like half an hour. Retra- we basically had to restart the whole game. because so like, we just started this, but like, We've got a glitch here that Jar Jar won't fucking move. So thanks, fucking Jar Jar. I liked you before I played Lego Star Wars, but <laughs> don't get the Scott. The the older Lego video games were much better because that'd be yeah. more complexity to them. This one is just literally press square There's when you're puzzles, fighting. Like the puzzle solving, like oh, the Indiana Jones ones. The, the Jurassic even the World original one. Star Wars ones. Yeah, that's what I mean. I had the original six when they were before the Disney. Yeah. I just had the, all the six of them. And like the graphics and all this and all that are better. But like literally the big boss battle in this like even when you be battling Pal- bat- battling Palpatine in Rise of Skywalker, you literally just have to keep tapping square to time it right, and then it direct. Mm. It's, it's pointless. It's so pointless. So don't buy the Rise of Skywalker Lego. Not very good. Just don't. Okay. 
so uh, yeah, all, some of the other stuff, the montage of Mrs. Deagle, she's got a little chairlift thing. The gremlins attack her. Her chairlift basically shoots her right out of the house. Now, I do find it's like this is a little bit cruel in this movie that they feel the need to mention she's dead. Like, she probably would be dead, but so would a lot of other people in this movie. And they, they I think they only say at the end, only one confirmed death is Mrs. Deagle or whatever. Because uh, she's rich, she has to be the one who deserves to die. Uh, we get maybe the best part where the carolers are out there and it's the gremlins uh-huh. singing their own theme song. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if it was at this point or if it was right before. I think it was right before this, yeah. You see uh, when the bar is closing. Yeah, when the the old, the, the snowplow guy, Mr. Futterman, when he's leaving the bar, when the bar is closing up, when he's on his way home, there's kids out caroling. I'm like, what kids are out at what, 2 to 4 a.m. when the bar's closed caroling? Is this a thing, though? Like, is this like a really, because like, this is something that I don't think, at least in Tasmania growing up, we never had carolers. Like, is this a thing where people knock on your it's, door? Yeah, I mean, we've had it happen a couple times. I remember when, I, I think I, I may have told the story another Christmas month, uh, uh, my friend and I decided to do just for the fun of it. And like, we weren't even trying to sing well. We're like, Jingle Bell, Jingle uh, Bell. Yeah. And people started giving us money. And we cleaned up with like, I think $17 each after like an wow. hour and a half. Yeah. And we we tried it in a different area. Like, Let's go to a richer area or whatever. And we've got like five bucks or whatever. What do you do though? <laughs> if somebody knocks on my door and they're caroling, I'm just like, okay. People, and- sometimes people won't answer. Most of the time they'd actually answer the door or they'd look from their window and they'd wave. Oh, hi, thanks. Or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but got- they don't do it at 2 a.m. Uh, when drunks are coming home or whatever. Um, yeah, the the, uh, um, the the part where they're attacking Santa is just a great visual. He's just got Santa. He's got gremlins all over him. Help me, help me, running through the streets. Uh, and the I radio guy. Any, I like the radio guy. The though. radio oh, guy, yeah. They're not fans. Oh, they're like, he's Rob, Robbie or whatever his name is. Yeah, and he's basically, oh, we got all these reports coming in about these green monsters attacking people. This isn't funny, people. It's not War of the Worlds here. Hey, get out of my booth or whatever. Um, the streets in this town are like pure ice. Like nobody puts yeah. sand down or anything. It's, it's a wonder that like nobody's, I, I wonder how anybody's still alive at this point for the gremlins to attack. Um, the, uh, the, the, the main part, I guess, is when they go into the bar or whatever. And this is where you got Phoebe Cates and she's just serving drinks to all of them. There's a lot of little visual gags there. The, the, the worst one, which I'm shocked they kept this in a movie that this was obviously the other movie along with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom we talked about a couple months ago that pushed that PG-13 rating for being created. I have to imagine it's the one in the trend coat that flashes Phoebe Cates before she kicks <laughs> it in the balls that that might have been the moment that pushed them to a PG-13. Um, she uh, notices the flash here that uh, sets the grandma's off. So she's just so the flash yeah, so it's brings Ramilla. out Ezra Miller <laughs> um but uh she starts setting like the, the camera off so the flash keeps uh scaring them you got uh, uh Billy who pulls up with his headlights in his car they get out of there uh and uh <laughs> one of my favorite one is probably the flash dance gremlin who's mm. doing like the I'm a maniac, maniac on my good song I think I could basically go to the end of the movie here uh so, the you got seven minutes. this is where yeah, this is where she tells the story about her dad dying. Uh, the gremlins all are stuck in a movie theater now. They're watching Snow White. Uh, I love where Billy comes in and he's like, what are they doing? It's like, they're watching Snow White. And they love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're just singing along. Uh, my kids are really into uh, Snow White. Casey especially, he loves this High Ho song. So he basically wants to listen to two songs anytime we're in the car. He wants to listen to Hi-Ho from Snow White and he wants to listen to Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> we have a playlist with about 12 versions of Frosty the Snowman, which is just what Casey listens to. Um, he rigs up the boiler to blow, which I love that just Billy, high school graduate, maybe college graduate who works at a bank and brings his dog to work who still gets 
toy robots in his stocking, collects comic books, hangs out with Corey Feldman, <laughs> and he knows how to rig a boiler to blow. <laughs> and Phoebe Cates with knows ease. where it is. What, does she work in the center too? She's like, oh, it's down here. She apparently works everywhere, yeah. Because he's surprised. Oh, you work here at the bar. So I also work at the movie theater, the gas station. <laughs> I'm Mrs. Deagle's maid. <laughs> I help your mom make her meatloaf the other night because you couldn't crack the eggs. Um, we, we get Stripe here, or Spike, whatever his name is, who sneaks out because he finds extra candy because they're out of it, the, the vendor stand. Um, so they blow up the the movie theater and um, uh, the, uh, the 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 one gremlin who's loose in the department store. Uh, they go in there, and this is where it kind of becomes a bit of a horror movie again. A lot of sneaking around. There's some really creepy things with like the chainsaw when mm. Billy's got the bat and the stripes got the chainsaw or whatever. Phoebe Cates almost ruins this all because she just starts flicking random switches. I don't know what her plan is, and she turns on a fountain. The one thing will make them multiply. I guess in fairness, I don't know if she knows about the rules at this point either. Uh, and, uh, um, in the end, Billy is almost dead. She's almost dead. Gizmo hops into her remote control car, which the only real plot home in this movie, there's no explanation for what remote control cars did you ever play with as a kid where the controls were built into the car? Yeah. Does that have like gas pedals or something like that when he's driving yeah, around? Exactly. Like, Who uh, built this yeah. toy for your hamster to drive? <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. But it's still, it's, it's, it's funny to watch Gizmo driving this thing, driving off the sled jumping through the air, opening the blinds just as Stripe is inside the fountain about to multiply and then he just melts everywhere. Kind of a gruesome end here as he's like melting into pieces and there's even skulls melting into the puddle here. It reminds me of like Christopher Lloyd's death in um, uh, Who Framed Roger, Roger Rabbit? Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, where he just melts completely into like that oozy puddle or whatever. Uh, we we uh, cut back to Rock and Ricky who's reporting that the Marines are coming with fire hoses. That was the best thing. So you're like, oh, they were about to come in and make the situation a whole lot worse because the Marines figured, dead of winter, monsters taking over the town, let's spray them with fire hoses. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wonder if that would work, though, if this were outside. Like, if mm. you sprayed them outside, are they just going to freeze? Or how are they going to multiply if they're frozen? Who knows? Um, yeah, that's basically the end of the movie. Rock and Ricky's reporting, the, or the, the TV report at the end, they're saying this is a case of mass hysteria, but this is where they say Mrs. Deagle is dead. Uh, the uh, old uh, man from the Chinatown comes back for Gizmo, gives them a lecture about how they're not responsible enough for it. You know they had like backdoor excuse for a uh, thing here where he says, you're not ready for it yet. Uh, even though they had no plans for this and didn't even make one for another six years. Uh, Gizmo says bye to Billy. Um, and then um, that's the end of the movie. Da, 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 da. The, the dad kind of narrates again, you know, if uh, your air conditioner ever is on the fritz, if your washing machine ever yeah. breaks down, it might be a gremlin, which this is, I guess we should mention the term gremlin, the, the urban legend of gremlins came about during like, I think World War II or World War One. one of them, uh, just as a way of coming up with mechanical failures saying, oh, it's a gremlin. Uh, there's a famous episode of the Twilight Zone that Rocky and I covered years ago where the gremlin on the wing of the plane and everything. But that's where the I the term gremlin everything comes from. It's like it's a creature that basically will just run amok and ruin all your electronics. Which I feel a bit like, you know, these poor kids are watching this movie and they're getting like completely freaked out because, you know, like fucking check your closet. It's probably gremlin. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like, poor kids. Little Johnny and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, there's with everything that kind of happens in it, like, I mean, the what the... the, the a lot of plot holes, but like, why does the old bat when she's being flung up the stairs, right? Like, you see her like go, ah, like, like, I swear she's got like five stories in a house. But they cut to the outside of the house. She's only got like one story. Like, I mean, where is this mm-hmm. stairwell going? Um, and I guess that's part of the parody about like, how are these gremlins so aware? Like, how are they know to kill? Like, 
I, I literally thought half these people were dead. I thought like everybody was dying in this field. Like I, I didn't realize it was just the one person. I thought the, the racist couple were dead. Like the, the other people, like there's the, um, I thought the cops died at one point because you don't really see them because everybody just disappears. Right. Um, mm. But I, like, I do like the bar scene when they're all like going around, but like, why is Phoebe Kate serving them? Like, why is she just like, <laughs> have they walked into she the bar? She doesn't want to die. <laughs> and they're going like, rah, 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 rah. and then it's like, okay, how do they know what alcohol is? Um, like, how do they know how to talk? How do they know anything? How do I, they know how to operate a clock? I do like the kind of like the jazz moment where there's like one of the gremlins sitting there having a smoke and you're like, vroom, vroom. and then one of them's got like a freaking hand puppet. And so, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, like, cause I think the, the thing that, you know, cause they don't obviously with the rules, they, they don't really explain and That's the point. Right. But like, so, but we see obviously that water, the reason why you get them water, cause they multiply uh, the food, mm-hmm. they turn into these evil things, but the light one, you just see it kind of hurts them. So I'm thinking like, oh yeah, obviously like sunlight, they're like vampires, right? They're going to die. Um, why is Snow White being shown at like four in the morning? Um, well, they're, I think it's the movie theater is playing it and they just take over and start running the projector. Right. Okay. It's not that it was actually a showing and other people are like, oh, I was really looking forward to seeing it at 4 a.m. It's just been released in that town, midnight screening, um, <laughs> Christmas day. Uh, I do love Gizmo in his little car though, in his little face. And he's like, like, he's so cute. I want a little Gizmo. Um, but yeah, I, I kept like now. Okay, I haven't seen the sequel, and you can spoil this for me not. But I, I, I want to guess what happens in the sequel. I reckon Gizmo oh. turns into like a, a evil one, and like maybe they've got to bring him back or something like that. No, no. Uh, let, let me just say this: you love sequels in New York. Gremlins Two is in New York. Mm. Uh, basically, you have John Glover, uh, who played like Lex Luthor's dad on Smallville, yep. who is playing a cross between Ted Turner and Donald Trump, who runs like this, you know, empire, or whatever. You got Billy and Kate who are working in the office building and uh, you have uh, Gizmo who basically just was in like a science lab or something like that that, that gets uh, I don't know, destroyed. He escapes. Billy finds him. Everything happens the same as the first movie. But you have like such absurd thing of gremlins in the next movie. Where there, there are gremlins that talk like sophisticated with like glasses. Ho, 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 ho. Uh, there's a girl gremlin who basically oh. sexually molests a man. Of course. Uh, you have a gremlin who turns into electricity <laughs> and literally they trap inside the, like the phone system of the building. It is like so out there. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I, I, I mean, it's kind of one of these things where maybe, it's, you know, always ends up being better than the Christopher Lee's in it. Yeah. Uh, the Hulk Hogan's in and it. They, yeah. Oh, and that—that's one of the best parts. Is they literally have a point where the movie stops, and like all of a sudden the projector winds down, and Gremlins are there, and Hulk Hogan appears and says, "Hey, everybody! These these kids are trying to watch the movie. Somebody start the projector again!" Like it is so bizarre. It's just great. Dean Norris and Raymond Cruz from Breaking Bad appear as SWAT team Oh, I don't remember Dean Norris in it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, Dean Norris is Breaking like... Bad. They, Breaking Bad cast their movies off of the Gremlins universe. Howie Mandel is the voice of Gizmo. So, yeah, I, I didn't mention that. He's the voice of Gizmo in these Gremlins movies. And also, some of the voices of the Gremlins are... Uh, one of them is the voice of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> huh. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we've gone over a little bit, so I'll, I'll wrap it up. But isn't that a whole... I, I do love the creepy, like, the, the Chinese store owner guy just sort of shows up and he's just standing in their house. Um, I want this guy to sue him. Like, you stole him from me. Like, I didn't want to sell him. My son, like, you know, smack him around yeah. a little bit. Or he doesn't offer the money back either. So now he's stealing. One thing I'll say about this dog, this is a very well-trained dog because like, there were moments in this movie where I'm looking at this dog and I'm like, oh, that's an animatronic dog. That's that's not real. But then you see it like oh. like at the end when it's kind of like laying there and you kind of see it like, you know, melting and just the way like it's a thorough, like that is one of the best trained movie dogs I've ever seen. 
See, I thought you were talking about like the actual dog in the movie. I'm like, it attacked Billy's boss no. at his place of work. No, but you mean like, the actual dog the actor, actor, the dog actor, yeah, the dactor, whatever you call them. Um, mushroom played the dog. The dog <laughs> mushroom. One of the unintentionally funny scenes of this movie is when the dog's tied up in the Christmas lights, and you see this dog going, it's yeah. like, poor old dog, help me. Um, oh, I like again. I love cats, but like I love dogs, and I'm, I haven't had a dog in a long time, and I miss having a dog. Um, so yeah. Anyway, um, Gremlins. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> um, so the movie was a huge hit. Uh, this now this is where I, I don't even understand how this is. This is basically the original Barbenheimer. This and Ghostbusters come out the exact same weekend. Oh wow! Both targeting like same. Both playing on really? the whole horror wow. mixed with comedy. Yeah. Ghostbusters opens with 13.5 million. Gremlins opens with 12.5 million. This is neck and neck. This is like Tomorrow Never Dies in Titanic. You know, like one of the original big box office battles. In the end, Ghostbusters ends up as the highest grossing film of the year. Uh, but uh, you know, Gremlins is basically still in the top five and made like $150 million. Um, big year for movies. If you look at Beverly Hills Cop, oh. Ghostbusters, Temple of Doom, Gremlins, Karate, Karate Kid, Kid, Police Academy, Footloose. I mean, Romancing the Stone Romancing was a big hit. Star um, Trek Three, Splash. Wow, Purple Rain? Yeah, very big year for movies. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is one of the biggest movies of the entire year, despite, uh, you know, opening. Uh, Terminator uh, this... 21st. Doesn't that look weird after all these years? Sorry. <laughs> oh, 21st place, yeah. Because yeah. we talked about during the Terminator. It's like Terminator 2 getting the budget it did when the first one was like, yeah. it was, it was semi-successful or whatever. Um, Gremlins 2 would, uh, you know, kind of become a cult favorite, but it, I don't even think, I think that opened like fourth place at the box office, but that was during the very competitive, like summer of 1990, which we talked about recently, uh, Gremlins 2 kind of failed even, uh, even competing with something like back to the future and everything else. Uh, but, uh, been talked for a third movie for years. I, I do remember hearing about that secrets of the Mogwai. I didn't know it even come out yet. Uh, critically, this movie did very well. So 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, some of the uh, some of the, most of the reviews are positive. The the negative reviews mostly focused on either the violence in the movie, which obviously that was touchy in 1984 between this and Temple of Doom, uh, and also Kate's speech was one of the the common criticisms of this movie. The whole of her dad dying and everything. Um, the uh, IMDb one star reviews. Now this one is where they, well, I understand all these plot holes and everything, but you've taken this movie way too seriously. Kool Aid Bro wrote how does this exist i saw this when i was little and it made me angry that because you can't feed them after midnight it's always after midnight so you can never feed them now i'm watching years later and they get wet and they multiply these things are running in snow drinking beer then i got thinking their own saliva tear ducts blood etc uh every character is an idiot the big stocking hanging from the fireplace fire hazard it has a toy robot in the stocking i assume it's for their adult son <laughs> there's a laundry list of issues but that would take so much time so i'm gonna stop now uh, don't disagree with any of those except that this movie is a parody. I'm not going to sit here, you know, saying that scary movie and the naked gun have too many plot holes in it. This is just what, sort of a, you know, but, but, but the, the, I, like, I agree with everything you're saying, but the thing I would ask, was this promoted as a parody? Like you go into lethal weapon, you go into it, uh, not lethal weapon, a loaded weapon, naked gun, scary movie, uh, wrongfully accused, you know, you're watching a parody, but was this kind of, you know, uh, that's a good question. Cause I, I, I don't know if I remember the trailers for this or anything. Um, I would assume they probably promoted this as a comedy, but 
Parody's airplane was the only one that really existed at that point, you know? Yeah. And this is a little bit more serious, especially when you look at the first half of the movie, you don't realize it's not until the gremlins are hatched, the point where it should start getting scary, where you realize this is like full on parody. So right. yeah, but obviously this re review was written two years ago. So I think that person probably do better. Um, but uh, yeah. but it, it yeah. got the reason. Kool-Aid bro. Kool-Aid bro. You know better. <laughs> Uh, plot keywords. Oh, Christmas. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, mass destruction, biological multiplication. Actually, I'm curious about that one. Uh, gremlins and the Island of Terror. Hold on. Biological. Oh, biological. I was going to say, what about that Michael Keaton movie, Multiplicity? But that's cloning. That's a little bit different. Uh, Chinese Man Month. Hmm? Um, we could have Mortal Kombat, King Kong, Gremlins, or Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, none of those are actually Chinese movies. Uh, I, dumb I'm Cough Month. I'm going for reference to Mark Anthony and Pussyfoot Month, uh, <laughs> featuring only Gremlins. This is a short month. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the ultimate one here, Asexual Reproduction Month, uh, with Jurassic World Dominion, Gremlins, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and Godzilla. Hang on. Uh, Footprints in the Snow Month. Oh, uh, wow. We've been waiting for that. Gremlins, Finally an excuse. The Snowman, The American, and No Exit. Cool. Um. So that covers everything. Uh, oh, box office. Yeah, I did say that this uh, with everything this movie made. Um, I'm buying this movie. I love this movie when I was a kid. I love Gremlins 2 even more. When I go back to it, I always see some issues with this. That I don't think exists in Gremlins 2. Gremlins 2 does give the other characters stuff to do. They don't just disappear off the face of planet. But even the, them dissing off the face of planet in this movie and it losing a story completely... Like, it's still so much fun to watch these gremlins just, just causing chaos and everything. Like, I can't help but love this movie. Uh, rankings, though, um, I'm very torn between this and Violent Night. Uh, I, I think I'm going to put this just with a slight edge over it, which I'll admit Aww. has a lot to do with nostalgia. Um, and maybe this being a little bit more original, because Violent Night is a brilliant send-up and a brilliant tribute to uh, other Christmas classic movies. This one's just kind of like this one. But if we're ranking this month based on Christmas value, I feel like Violent Night is by far number one because this taking place on Christmas Eve, I'm, I'm. It's not until they're announcing on TV, I'm like, that actually is supposed to be Christmas Eve because you don't get like this is the day before Christmas in it. The the issue I would say like, I, I don't question this is a Christmas. I just thought this was considered a Christmas movie because like I mean, there's so many more elements to Christmas because like there's a bit where uh, the mum is coming out and you hear the Christmas music being played and like mm. that. And, like that, I don't know. To me, this was more of a Christmas movie than. A lot of these other ones that we've debated, is it a Christmas movie? So I just assumed it. Um, you know what I feel like it it, it it misses? And this is similar to like Black Christmas. David Harbour. It's like Christmas, mo <laughs> Christmas movies have to kind of have like that Christmas spirit to it, you know? You have to get like the warm, fuzzy feeling. And with this, it's a fun movie. I, I rank this with Lethal Weapon. It's a very fun movie that happens to take place at Christmas. True. Good, good, good argument. Um, it's going to be a high rent from me. I'm sorry, Gremlins fans. Oh. It's just like, I, again, it's like Ghostbusters to me. And it's I ironic that you say it was released the same year. Like, it's just, I don't dislike it. I just don't get the overall, like, I'm not like, I know Cable used to be on the show. He mm. He's obsessed with Ghostbusters and good on him. Um, But like, there are just some movies that I just don't get it. I just like, it's good. It's fine. But I'm just, I'm not going to get the love of it. And I think that's where it came down to my dad never really showed that to me. I think he was the same with Ghostbusters. He's like, yeah, like, mm. they're fine. But like, you know, I, I saw it. Cool. That, that, that'll that do. It's kind of like the, the Tim Burton Batman films. You know, I've never mm. really been a big fan of them. Like, they're fine. They're good. They're not bad yeah. movies. Uh, and I can enjoy them for what they are. But I honestly much rather Batman Forever and Batman and Robin than I do the Tim Burton Batman movies. Very unpopular opinion, but I do. 
Um, I kind of agree. <laughs> so anyway, uh, it's a high rent. And this would come at number three on my list for this month. Uh, so I so would, you're putting... Violent Night, Jack Frost 2. Uh, <laughs> Jack Frost is Jack Frost just Michael. batshit dumb crazy. It was brilliant. This number three. I'm putting it at number three. I'm putting it at number three. Uh, and then Black uh, Christmas last yeah, uh, Black Christmas last for me. Although I still enjoyed Black Christmas, I don't think I binned anything here. I think you bought everything. Um, I I went bye bye rent bin. No, I I, re- I rented Black Christmas. Right. Uh, I I definitely bought the other three though. Um, that that does it for the year for us. We probably still have a twenty four episodes still to come out, right? Oh, we yeah, we'll have um. So obviously, Merry Christmas to everybody next week. Um, time you're listening to this, we'll still have twenty four. Will drop on Mondays no matter what. So that will mean that if I'm not mistaken, twenty four will drop on a Monday. Uh, Merry Christmas on that episode. We should make note of that, that when we record that, that's going to be Christmas. Um, is that right? Is Christmas a Monday this year? Uh, it is. It is. So we will do a Christmas-themed 24 episode. Um, it'll <laughs> just tell you right now, bin, but um, sure. Um, <laughs> but we'll say, though, uh, we've had a good year for these uh, these movie recaps. Um, next year is going to be another good one. We've, we've, we've sorted what we're doing. But um, do, do you have the list in front of you? Do you want to tease? Because we're obviously having January off, but our February, I am so excited for February. I like This might be yeah. the most excited I have ever been for a month almost ever because this is the best, 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 best anniversary <laughs> month we have ever done, Colin yeah. Hilding. So uh, do, do we want to tease? Yeah. We won't tease do every it. movie we're covering. I'm, 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 I'm going to tease, tease, tease anniversary. February left. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go through the other months. So in March, we're going to be doing Ghostbusters, yep. tentatively. Um, the, at least the the first we'll do well, all I four. guess the first. I think we'll do all four. All four, yeah. Yeah, we might as well do I the I watched like the first half hour of the women's we're, one, and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to do the original two Ghostbusters and then the two bad ones. Uh, April, we're going to do bad movie month. Um, May is Planet of the Apes month. We're going to be doing the new Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, disaster then, I movie think, month, I think we is, still do the Mark Wahlberg one. I, I kind of want to, I have seen that one. That I, is like one of my least favorite movies of all time, which actually makes me more excited to cover it. Cause I, Cause I, I that's, hate that movie. That, I'm, I might've seen the original as a kid, but I, I like, I've definitely seen the Mark Wahlberg one. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Estella um, Warren. Come on. Yeah. Um, we got disaster <laughs> movie month, which <laughs> Colin's in, so yes. Like, yep. Yeah. She exists. Uh, <laughs> Um, disaster movie month we talked about last <sighs> week. I think that we're this this one. We'll, we'll give the brief tease. This is basically the combined movies: Dante's Peak and Volcano, Armageddon, and Deep Impact. We've technically done disaster. I guess that was more end of the world month, wasn't it? When yeah. we did, you know. But like this is the one. This is back in the days when we were like, we're gonna do a Brendan Fraser month. We're gonna do this. We're mm-hmm. gonna do that. This was like the and this is why we've held off over on 007 Download now of doing Dante's Peak as a Pierce Brosnan film. Um, mm-hmm. For that, so we could technically combine them and maybe do a cross episode with that one, maybe. But um, yeah. we're not going to be that far ahead with those movies anyway. We're slowed down. <laughs> on that. But um, yeah, I think that I uh, yeah, with Dante's Peak, Volcano, Armageddon, Deep Impact, four of my favorite movies. I think at least two of them made my top fifty. Dante's Peak and Armageddon, I'm pretty sure made my top fifty. So yeah, uh, July we're going to be doing our second ever Olympics month because we're getting ready for yeah. the Olympics. September Australia versus Canada month. Uh, October. This is our plot keyword month. <laughs> still, still holding strong. Bolt upright after nightmare month. <laughs> uh, the no- November, it, it may be between one. I'm just going to say between one and two franchises. Although we're leaning towards Which one. Which I at this think point. we've we've settled on one. But yeah, yeah. But I uh, for the other one. But Christmas. you kind of overruled uh, me. December is going to be Christmas, as we already said. We're right now looking to do a bunch of Christmas Carol adaptations. 
So like the original, well, not the original, original, but like the Black and Fifties one, the uh, the the uh, Jim Carrey uh, Scrooge with Bill Murray, and then the Spirited Spirit. one. But here's a big one. So January we're gonna be off for movies. So you're still gonna have twenty four, uh, but February anniversary month. Yeah. This is all gonna be one man and, and almost all one year. Smoking. <laughs> the the maybe the single greatest year any oh. actor ever debuted in the, the the biggest breakthrough year ever jim carrey 1994 Yay. we're gonna be doing ace ventura pet detective we're gonna be doing uh dumb and dumber and the mask oh. and then uh now did we decide because there were man two other moon. anniversaries yeah man on the moon was 99 the other one we're gonna do is dumb and dumber 2 which is like oh but who's really good? man on the moon i'm actually excited because we almost did that for biopic month too uh so three 1994 jim carrey movies one 1999 Jim Carrey movie. It's going to be all Jim Carrey anniversary month in February. He's, very soon. He is my favorite actor. Like, I mean, I, I, I toss and turn and say who my favorite actor is. And, you know, we've got our, we've all got our little groups of actors and actresses who are just, we have to see them in things. But if you. Zach Galligan. Zach, exactly. You, 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 you force <laughs> my, I mean, Jim Carrey. It's, it's just my absolute love for Jim Carrey. And I saw the mask in cinemas um, I had to, like, and I'll tell the story more next year, but my, my, my late grandmother who sadly passed this year, she, she took me to see it because my dad hated Jim Carrey. My dad would not watch Jim Carrey movies <laughs> with me. So I don't even know how I discovered Jim Carrey, but I remember forcing my nan to take me to see the mask. And then basically like Dumb and Dumber was a movie that I would just watch to death. I was a bit slower on the Ace Ventura train. Cause I think that was more of a, it was a bit too adult for me. But I remember my parents going to see that. And that, that might be where my where Jim Carrey, because I think they won like a radio competition and my dad hated it. Um, but then I was always actually controversial, similar to what we're talking about this one. I was more of a fan of the second one. I always watched the second one over the first one, but I still oh. love the first one. Don't get me wrong. Is there a New York in that one? No. No, they're in the African jungle. Um, in oh, that I know one. that. <laughs> Typical bad. Oh, you, chitty, chitty, bang, bang, chitty, bang, bang. Just, and <laughs> so many quotes. And then I've, I, uh, truth, I've never seen Man in the Moon. So, um, wow. I, I, I think when we watch that, I will definitely watch the documentary for it. Cause I've heard nothing but good things. No, please do. <laughs> I, the two people on my list of like, I want to see everything in their filmography, which I used to, when I used to buy DVDs, uh, I would, you know, franchise and everything like that. The two that I would literally print off IMDb and I would tick off what I owned was Jim Carrey and Natalie Portman. So I owned like as a kid, like Earth Girls Are Easy, which I only ever watched in the last like 12 months. And it's not a very good film. Um, and then like I'd, I'd own like Natalie Portman's Israeli movie that she did. Um, like just things like that. And while I actually did get through pretty much all of Natalie Portman's films to a certain year, there are so many Jim Carrey, but I still want to do it. And Man in the Moon's always been one of those ones that I've just like, I've got to see this film. Because, I mean, 1994, Jim Carrey. Like, what yeah. could this man not do? Um, like, yeah. insane. And just love him to bits. These probably will be long episodes. I kind of want to host all of them. But I <laughs> guess like, I, I, I want to volunteer. I want to do Dumb and Dumber in the Mask. Can I do Dumb and Dumber in the Mask? Oh, good. I'll, I'll take Ace Ventura and Man okay. on the Moon. I do Wait, love but are Ace we doing Ventura. this chronologically, though? Oh, I mean. If we're doing them chronologically, then that mixes it up. Ah, well, obviously, we can't do it chronologically then. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess I would. We start... probably should do a chronological. I mean, I have no problem if you want to do two back to back. I'll take the. the I don't the mind doing Ace Ventura. The... Again, I don't dislike. I love Ace Ventura, but like the. I mean, the Mask and Dumb and Dumber made my top fifty as well. So I think the Mask yeah. did. Dumb and Dumber definitely did. Um, if the Mask did, I mean, I'll tell you now, Cuban Pete is one of those random songs. When I did my top one hundred songs, Cuban Pete nearly made my top one hundred because I would listen to that to death. They call me Cuban Pete. I just watched that scene on repeat. I fucking love that scene. And the only movie I've ever found Cameron Diaz attractive in. 
Yeah, you know, Jamie was talking about the two, and I'm like, oh, there's at least two or three others, but that's what people always say about Cameron Diaz. I love Cameron I, Diaz. Uh, she's a random actress who I just, I actually really like, and I, you know, Charlie's Angel, she's amazing in it and everything else, but, like, that was her first film. Like, we've got to point that out. That was Cameron Diaz's yeah. first ever movie. That She was like, that's where she became a thing, and you can see why. And her and Jim Carrey, underrated movie chemistry in that film. Yeah. And Lauren Holly uh, in Dumb and Dumber. Oh, yeah. And Courtney oh, Cox, three great lead women. Yeah. Like, I mean, and Courtney Love in Man on the Moon. Who's <laughs> she in that? Is she? I mean, like, yeah. everyone talked about the Friends curse in the 90s, and everybody always seemed to overlook Courtney Cox had Ace Insurance Scream, right? Yeah. And oh. Monica's maybe my favorite Friends character, unpopular opinion. So, yeah. And I think Ace Ventura was just before Friends came out, too. So, Same I mean, yeah. the, the boost, yeah. So this was March because it was it was a movie I went to for my birthday, Ace Ventura. I was lucky enough that I was I was on the Jim Carrey train. I went to go see this movie because I already knew who Jim Carrey was, and it wasn't even because of um, In Living Color, which I started watching because I saw a Jim Carrey stand up special as a kid. I just thought this guy is so idiotic. Most of the stuff he does in Ace Ventura was in his stand up act. I mean, I think he ends up getting a screenwriter's credit on that movie just because he improvised or came up with most of the ideas. Uh, but all four of these movies, I was there, with the exception of The Mask. It wasn't their opening weekend, but when we get to The Mask, I'll tell the story about why I wasn't able to see that opening weekend. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Jim Carrey was basically king to anybody who was juvenile in the 90s. Well, that's that's <laughs> I it. I mean, I was seven. You would have been, what, like 14. Like, I mean, we are Jim Carrey peak age. And like, I, I, mm-hmm. um, I, I honestly, The Mask is one of the very first movies I would have ever seen in my life. Like, I mean, I can think of a handful before it. It wasn't the first, but... Um, is this going to be the first movie we've ever done with one of the main six Friends actors in it? We've never done a... Uh, we've never done a Matt LeBlanc. I mean, never done I've been waiting thing. to do Lost in Space. I wish yeah. we had done Lost in Space. <laughs> David Schwimmer was... We never did OJ, did we? Um, no. I don't think we've done anything. Lisa... No, Matthew... Oh, rip Matthew Perry. Um, no, you did 17 again, didn't you? No, no. That, we only did 13 and going on 30. Oh, that's what I mean. Oh, that's, Jennifer Garner one. Yeah, but isn't Matthew Perry in that? Oh no, he's in the Zach. No, he's in the Zach. Him Braff and Zach Efron or Zach Efron. The, Zach Braff. The, the, the okay. guy. The guy's thirteen. Going on 30. I get them confused. <laughs> Sorry, I knew yeah. he was in one of them. Um. Oh, first time we've done a main friend. Yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. So that will be February. So, but stay tuned Ed. to whatever else we have in January. Uh, <laughs> we're doing Ed with we, Matt LeBlanc. We're looking for something to fill January with. We're going to do Ed. <laughs> we're going to do bad <laughs> four straight weeks. <laughs> Can we do that one year? I, I wouldn't be able to listen to that. Let's just pick the worst movie and we're going to do a deep dive into it. Cats. Um, oh, the emoji movie month. At this point, it'd have to be Ed or, or it'd have to be the Renee, Renee Russo Ed Dunstan checks brilliant. in or whatever. Who knows? I, I don't I don't remember if I ever saw Ed or not. <laughs> I still question I still question Matt LeBlanc in the 90s. What, what, how does his agent sell that to him? You are on the number one television show in America. You are so famous. I've got a movie script for you. <laughs> you play baseball monkey. What? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, come back to us for February and listen to 24 or whatever else. And we're going to have our best of. And then most importantly, Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, Merry if you Christmas. celebrate Christmas. Unless you are Phoebe Cates, in which case, uh, my condolences. Um, my name is Colin, um, and my quote was lost. My, my name is Colin. Fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. I make the illogical illogical.
Last one for the year and you stuff it up. Uh, my name <laughs> is Ben and what are you, Hindu or something? Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. <laughs>